very you don't read uh, poetry, you should. And you should maybe start with Wendell Berry. He is a man of deep, deep faith. And uh, his poetry is it's astounding sometimes. Sometimes I read it and literally I just kind of like, I can't breathe for a second. My breath gets hot because the way he uses words to express his faith is, is pretty impressive. But not as impressive as this. Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your ancestors find in me that they went far from me, and went after worthless things, and became worthless themselves? They did not say, where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in a land of deserts and pits, and a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that no one passes through, where no one lives? I brought you into a plentiful land to eat its fruit and its good things. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? Those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, once more, I accuse you, says the Lord, and I accuse your children's children. Cross the coasts of Cyprus and look. Send to Kedar and examine with care. See if there has ever been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for something that does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and dug out cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns, that can hold no water. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, and may God give us wisdom and courage for interpretation. And may God give us wisdom and courage to apply the truth of Scripture to our lives. Amen. Typically in a book of prophecy, the prophet will sometimes, in different books it happens in different ways, but typically what will happen in the Bible if you're reading through the prophecy is you'll see the charges. And it will look as though a court case is being laid out, and so the prophet will say these are what the charges are, and then the case will be made, and then the people will be found guilty, and then hopefully, well, almost, well not almost, every time God somehow relents and doesn't fulfill the complete punishment what the people think may be coming and what the prophet definitely thinks should be coming. But the charges in this case that God is bringing to the people through Jeremiah is that they have forsaken God. They have forgotten who God is. It's as if God doesn't exist. And so the prophet says, they don't say, where is God, the one who led us through the desert out of Slavery and led us across this land of pits where no one survives, but God led us across that place where we survived. They, they have forgotten. 
And why have they forgotten? Well, for one reason, the priests stop pointing God out to people when they see God. And the other reason is the scribes, the ones who write down the words of God, have mishandled that truth. And then lastly, the prophets, the people who speak on God's behalf, are no longer prophesying in the name of God, but they're prophesying in the name of Baal, this ancient god of fertility. And so they're prophesying, they're, the, the prophets are majoring in minors. They're telling people, if you'll do these things, it will rain more. And if it rains more, your crops will produce more. And if the crops produce more, you'll have more stuff. They went after worthless things and became worthless themselves. It rings of the words of Ecclesiastes that you may have heard before. Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. And that word vanity in Hebrew is translated very literally into vapor. Vapor of vapor is all vapor. What these people did is they forgot who God is because they forgot to look for God and they forgot to tell the stories of God. And in the process, they lost who they are as a people and they started going after vanity. They started going after things. They started going after wealth. They started going after power. They started going after all of the things that you can hold for a moment, but they end up disappearing. And then you're left with nothing. And in the process, they lost who they were and were no longer the people of God. They're no longer were the community of God. In ancient times, where Jeremiah was prophesying was the desert. We know what that's like. If it was a high desert, we know what that's like also. But this particular desert, even now, gets about one inch to one and a half inches of rain on average. But every 10 or 15 years, they'll go through a drought where they don't get any measurable rainfall in a 12-month period. Can you imagine? And people live there. And in ancient times, people lived in those regions. And what would happen is they would dig out cisterns. A hole in the ground that could catch the water and there's still an ancient cistern that is thousands and thousands of years old to this day it's the one where Elijah had his his uh, duel with the prophets of Baal do you know that story Elijah's standing there and the prophets of Baal are standing there and they're saying like whose God is more powerful and they're standing by this particular cistern that you can go to to this day and the prophets of Baal uh, call down thunder and lightning and nothing happens and they start doing their dance and they start doing all the stuff that they do and the, their altar that they built, the wood under it, never catches on fire. And Elijah says, get some water out of the cistern and pour it on my wood. And he digs a trench around it so the water is li literally like the wood is soaked in water and is probably floating. And then he starts to pray and he says, God, these people don't believe in who you are. Elijah was a prophet like Jeremiah. They don't believe in who you are. They've forgotten about you. Show them who you are, and boom, it all catches on fire. That water came from a cistern that is bell-shaped. So they dug a hole, and as they started digging deeper, they started digging wider and wider and wider, and so some of the water was covered in shade. What would happen when they start, first started building cisterns is they would go to get water one morning and there would be no water left for them or their neighbors or the traveling people that came through. Because water, as water does, would find a rock that had a hole under it and the dirt would just soak up the water. And so the neighbors came through and they taught them how to line the cisterns with limestone. 
And so you can see to this day ancient cisterns that have still the remnants of limestone on, on the bottom of them and on the sides of them and on the roofs of them, the, the top of the bell shape, so that the water wouldn't leach into the ground and it would hold. When it would rain, the water would start to fill the cistern. And then they would have water for themselves and water for their neighbors and water for the travelers who were coming through because the ancient people of Israel were to welcome in their neighbors and offer to them living water. Water that brought life, that they understood that it was more than the cup full of water that they could drink. It was real life that came from their God. It was an opportunity to share the grace of God with them. It's an easy thing for us, I think, to sit back and look at the ancient peoples and be like, what's wrong with them? They were enslaved in Egypt, and God rescued them out of slavery. And as they were running away, some waters parted at the Red Sea, and they went through the waters, but their, their captors who were chasing after them didn't make it through, didn't survive the parted waters. And then they wandered around in this desert that no one survived in, and God led them to water, and God had manna from heaven fell down, and they would find themselves with just like giant cubbies of quail all over the place that they could eat, and God led them through this wilderness into this beautiful land flowing with milk and honey, and had people come to them to teach them how to live in the land, but they forgot God. It's easy for us to sit back and judge them, but I think the power of the prophet is to say, how are we like them? How are we like these ancient people? Are we trusting ourselves too much in our technologies and in our brain power that God has given us? Do we trust ourselves too much? And has it pulled us out of community with one another where we have forgotten that we, Morningstar, as followers of Jesus around the world are to be a city on a hill, a light to the nations? Are we seeking God? Or are we seeking vapor? And if we are seeking God, where do we find God? And are we pointing other people in that direction as well? Because the fact of the matter is, we belong to each other. And if our job is not to work for the common good and bring as many people into the household of God as possible, we have completely missed the point. And I think you believe that the world can and will get better if we do these things. To whom? Are we giving living water? It has to start in our homes. And then it has to spread out from there. But here's the thing. It's not easy. For some reason, it's not easy. It takes mindfulness. And it takes diligence to maintain our allegiance to the one God. There's so many things that can distract us. And I think God at the creation knew that we would be people who were easily distracted by comfort and by boredom and by anxiety. And I think we're most definitely distracted by our own ambition. And what that causes us to do is forget that we belong to one another. And when there is a shooting in El Paso, 
or when there is a shooting in Midland, or when there is a shooting like there was Friday night at a high school football game, all of our hearts break. We know that feeling, and especially the closer it gets to our home, we know the feeling. At this point in my life, I know one person who was in a movie theater when it got shot up, and I know someone who knows someone who was in Walmart. And I talked to a youth pastor in Midland, Texas yesterday who knows people who were driving past that gold car as it was being, as it was shot from being out, fired out. That was my understanding. They were waiting on names of people they knew to come in. Our hearts break. We know the truth that we belong to one another. But we're cracked cisterns. We've dug out these cisterns for ourselves, and we've tried to line the walls with whatever we can line them with so that we can have enough to drink for ourselves, but we need one another to be able to fix the cracks in ourselves. This, well, it's not on the screen. On your worship bulletin, grab a worship bulletin. This drawing that's on here is by Scott Erickson. Scott Erickson, if you're on Instagram, you should follow him. He draws modern day religious art. But this art is a symbol of the fact that when two or more of us are gathered together, God is there in our midst. So the interlinking circles, and you may or may not know this, is the like, universal symbol of the Trinity, the Father, Son, Spirit, the Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, linked together as one. And when we understand that we belong to each other and we practice our faith in community, faith formation is this intensely personal thing that is done in community. And when we link together in our faith, we will find God. And we will find some of the answers to the craft cisterns that we are. That's the promise of God. That's the hope. That's a piece of the gospel is that when you seek, you will find in the way that God has this laid out. Like, listen, this prophecy of Jeremiah isn't to a person. When we read Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's not written to a single person the way we write it on graduation cards. That's written to a nation. Because God understands that we are a community. 